protecting him. That's exactly it. Because of them turning a blind eye and just being like, well, you know what's easier than actually dealing with this is not dealing with this. Then that predator goes on and abuses more people, which is just... College kids and teenagers. Yes, it is abhorrent. BC hockey player Kyle Beach has identified himself as being John Doe that was mentioned in court filings in the sexual assault case involving the Chicago Blackhawks and their video coach Brad Aldrich in 2010. The Blackhawks turned a blind eye to Beach's allegations and his attacker Aldrich was allowed to retire from the team. He then went on to abuse and assault other players, including a teenager. Beach very bravely joined TSN reporter Rick Westhead last night for an interview and described how he found out about the teenager. And I decided to Google Brad Aldrich's name. That's when I found out about the Michigan, the Michigan team. And because of what happened to him, it gave me the power and the sense of urgency to take action to make sure it wouldn't happen to anybody else. Yeah, normally this podcast, we're silly and having fun, and we will now get back to that. But I think it's important to kind of talk about some of the things that are uh, happening. Yes. That are important. Well, and part of our program and part of our podcast is just having real conversation as well. And that's very real and that's very raw and really, really brave of Kyle to be so open and honest about telling his truth and his story because, I mean, that just goes so far and will hopefully change things and will, I'm sure, help people who are have been in similar situations and feel alone. So, you know, being brave like that and speaking up is so tremendous. Um, we played just the shortest clip of that interview, but Karis, when we started the program, you had uh, a whole bunch of clips that were part of a bigger interview right from TSN, if people want to because there's a lot of powerful Oh, stuff. yeah. It's a 25-minute interview, and I recommend watching all of it because um, the TSN reporter, I think it's Ken Whitehead? I think we yeah. said it in the news article. Yeah, anyway, he, th- that ago. guy, the reporter from TSN who has been following the story and doing a really good job covering it, um, he asks great questions, and Kyle has really truthful, honest answers, and it's 25 minutes long. You can find it on TSN. Um, next up on the program, uh, do we want to get to uh, our shipping containers? Let's talk shipping containers. <laughs> is it time for container talk? Yes, this is container talk with Karis and Jeremy. This boat in the Strait of Juan de Fuca is out of control. This giant, I don't know what's called, the MV something Kingston, zip, zip. Ziv Kingston. It's in the uh, Georgia Strait between Vancouver Island and Washington State. Uh, now, this is the one that was on fire. It was. On, it is still on fire. It's still. It is okay. still on fire. Over 100 shipping containers have fallen off the boat and are floating in the ocean. One of them floated 500 kilometers away. They found it on northern Vancouver Island. And there's a picture online of this container. It's huge. The massive metal shipping containers. You know how big those things are. There's a picture from the sky of this shipping container on the rocks on the shoreline. And it's taken from so high up and there's nothing else around it to sort of give it some kind of scale. It looks like a little toy train car. Yeah, it's uh, but it's but you look at that and you're like, oh my god, that is a huge shipping container just washed up on the shore. Shipping containers are worth so much money. We could go bobbing for apples, but shipping containers and just be plucking like 
$18,000 out of the ocean. It's out of control. Like, is that somebody's couch? Who, is in there? Who owns this boat? Come get your boat. Like, why are we even dealing with this? Come get your boat. Yeah, it's ha- it has a problem. The boat's got troubles. And then you know there's someone at home right now refreshing their shipping tracking, being like, when is my mining chemicals going to get here? When is my mining chemicals going to get here? Sorry, man, delayed. That's what's on fire is like chemicals in these shipping containers lit on oh, fire. Yeah, see, that's the thing. If it were couches, it would be... You know, I mean, it's still I think it's concerning, all it's all sorts of stuff, but yeah. it was the chemicals. The chemicals is the most concerning. Uh, but yeah, it was like a, a chemicals for a mining and then something for like industrial bleaching. Oh dear. <laughs> fell into the ocean oh, and you're just like, "Oh dear. Man, come get your boat. Who owns this boat? This is not why is this our problem?" The early show later with Karis and Jeremy. Oh. Or text Karis and Jeremy 604-280-1027. That was a nice little jingle, but I think we need a theme song. It's the text line. (laughs) It is time to text Karis and Jeremy. (laughs) You're much better at that than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, you guys. You're listening to The Early Show with Karis and Jeremy. We were talking earlier about cans. Cans, and that is the industry name for shipping containers. Yeah, uh, the big news story that's been going on, I feel like it's a saga at this point, of the uh, container ship in the Strait of Juan de Fuca between Vancouver Island and uh, the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State caught on fire and then lost 109-ish shipping containers. Woo! So we were talking about those. Uh, We had a dude call up being like, hey, what about the you know like pirate laws? Can we like just go get them? Yeah, Jeff. Uh, Jeff said yeah. that yeah. That apparently, if it washes up on your shore, it then becomes yours. Uh, fighters keepers, one hundred percent. So Dan texts in to say, I remember this happening in the UK years ago. A bunch of shipping containers washed up on a beach. People just went down there and took the stuff from inside them, and no one tried to stop them. There were like motorbikes. And stuff in there. Wow. And now, I mean, that, if you're going to go and open a can and take its contents like motorbikes, that's pretty sweet. Now, these ones, we've heard there are a lot of chemicals in these ones that are uh, Well, I think there's around. all sorts of stuff. Right. Including so, the industrial chemicals. bleach. Jeez. Mining chemicals. Yeah. So you might get lucky and find a motorcycle or a couch. <laughs> you might get kind of lucky and find bleach and mining chemicals <laughs> who knows but i guess that's a thing all right well i guess i know what we're doing after this today karis get out your gum boots let's go down to the beach we're gonna be beachcombers 2021 uh and also shout out to jeanette uh, texting into the show today jeanette we appreciate you uh taking the time first time texter yeah. Hello, um, Jeanette. Jeanette will always remember this day. Uh, atmospheric river might be getting in the way of your salvaging of shipping containers. So just bobbing away in the Georgia Strait Sailor Sea right now. Um, but tomorrow should be a good day for it. And the weekend looks spectacular oh. for robbing the high seas. Oh, it also looks spectacular for robbing people of their candy. No, don't do that. I mean, it's good for when you're walking around with your children. It should be just sunny and clear, perfect Halloween-y weather. The Early Show, later, with Karis and Jeremy. Um, okay, this is a, a shocking and horrifying story out of the uh, lawless uh, eastern uh, regions of Vancouver. It's an area we call Burnaby. Oh, Burnaby. A person had a uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex ish looking dinosaur statue in their backyard and this is not an inflatable one this This is is a legit 
like a made of hard materials. 80 pound fiberglass <laughs> ornamental uh, dinosaur that dates back to the uh, Expo 86 um, period of uh, Earth's evolution. <laughs> oh, right. Those kind of like, dinosaurs. Going way back. Yeah, like that old of a dinosaur. Um, and awesome. This dinosaur lived in their yard and probably was. Not only the talk of the town, but probably the entire community. Yeah, that's a fun lawn ornament. That is amazing. And then thieves, thieves went in there and they stole this uh, ginormous 80-pound Tyrannosaurus Rex. The thieves were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. They just took it. (sighs) Don't get me wrong. If I was a punk-ass kid living in Burnaby, and I would totally steal that. But that was the olden days. Kids should not steal anymore. What do you do with the dinosaur? Is there, Here's a, the thing. is there a fence somewhere in Vancouver? You can go up to the guy and be like, hey, what do you give me for the dinosaur? Come on. If these thieves know how to steal a lawn ornament like this properly, they will take the dinosaur and they will dress the dinosaur up in various costumes around Metro Vancouver The dinosaur will go on a little tour of Metro Vancouver and wear lots of different costumes, lots of adventures. Post pictures. Post pictures of the dinosaur traveling around. And then under the cover of night, they will return the dinosaur from whence it came. Wow. If they're doing it properly. Those thieves are clearly listening to our program. And, uh... Do that. And I'm looking forward to those adventure pictures. That will be whimsical. Yes. What a twist on the story if that happens. The early show, later, with Karis and Jeremy. Uh, You went to the tickle trunk for your costumes because you got to get the kids ready or for you? Well, it was the whole family last (laughs) night. When it comes down this close to Halloween, it's always go time, right? Because you got to, I'm planning on dressing up tomorrow, Jeremy. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming in in a costume. I keep saying that, and then I know, uh, you know, four in the morning tomorrow, I'll be like, there's a blanket. I'm blanket man. <laughs> See, and that's why I have to do it a couple nights before. Make sure I do have everything organized so it actually happens. Uh, so, yeah, it was everybody. It was my kids, me, my husband, and we're going through the tickle trunk. And this is this is a, a curated collection of Halloween costumes that it's really actually both me and Danny, my husband, like together, since I've known him, we've sort of amalgamated our costumes. So it's, but I have the majority of them because I've always been really into Halloween and costumes. So it is, it spans the decades, you know, like there are things in there that I've had since I was seven. I have items like fake hilarious glasses and rainbow bright and your kids are like what even is this mom (laughs) and you're like she was an icon (laughs) you children know nothing i've got pull out the rainbow bright yes rainbow bright is in there i've got (laughs) i've got wigs that my mom gave me my and what yes and that my great aunt and grandma gave me some wigs what from like i don't know maybe from the 60s or something like that heirloom wigs yes like forget china from grandma the fine china you have wigs yeah i do i know so this collection sorry stop Mm. what do they smell like they're oh terrible (laughs) absolutely terrible it's funny you should mention that because i was smelling everything oh man you do not 
Woo! If we need to sprinkle some sort of like, you know, aroma on something, it is definitely my tickle trunk of is that, things. Is that hockey equipment and no, rat it's, droppings. It's it's mothballs <laughs> and like old, old, old dead skin cells. Like, I don't know how that comes to be, but it's not a good smell. However, smell aside... These items are really, really fantastic. And when my kids then put on the wig, I feel this like sense of pride and like, and I'm thinking, should I put my costumes in the will? Like, should I write down in the will that the wigs are going to, you know, which wig do you want, Spencer? Which one do you want, Oscar? I'll write it down for you. You each get to pick one. And they're like, no, mom, we want a down payment for a house. Which wig would you like? But really, tell me about the wigs, children. The early show, later, with Karis and Jeremy. Amira Lee, right for uh, the Daily Hive, you posted uh, to me an outrageous article that said that less... It really was outrageous. It was outrageous. Less than 50% of BC households plan on handing out candy on Halloween night? I mean, I guess the first thing we should say is, will, will somebody think of the children? Yes, that's exactly it. I mean, I've been walking around my neighborhood with my kid, and he's a little dismayed at the lack of decoration as of yet. And I said, just wait, wait, wait. You know, maybe people are waiting for the weekend to put up their decorations so we know that they can go visit there for candy. But, yeah, I mean, that's a troubling troubling statistic. And obviously there's a few factors that could be involved. I'm sure one of the main ones now is the fact that, you know, we're still kind of in a pandemic so I think a lot of people are a little sketched out with just opening their doors to anybody, let alone kids. But, I mean, I feel like those people have also done things that might be just as dangerous in terms of COVID, if not more dangerous than, you know, opening your door and dropping some candy into somebody's bag. The other interesting thing about this Leger poll is the fact that Way more families are planning on letting their kids go out trick-or-treating. It's almost double the amount that aren't giving out candy. Wow. So it's like, you know, having your cake and eating it too almost. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a little bit of NIMBY right there. And I know I mentioned the pandemic earlier, but pandemic or not, according to Leger, 33% of BC households just will not be giving out candy ever for whatever reason. I did kind of mention this to Jeremy sort of off the air that, I do think there's a cultural element, especially here in Vancouver. For sure. Like me, uh, I'm, I'm South Asian, I'm brown. So as a kid, I kind of had to sneak around to trick-or-treat because my dad wasn't, wasn't in on that, uh, culturally speaking. Um, but I still think that number of people that aren't giving out candy is a little bit too high. Yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. I'm sure there are a lot of people who who have moved here and have thought, what is all of this? Like, I don't know, I'm right. not doing that. But you're right. I think there's a much larger section of people who grew up here or, you know, grew up in Canada, understand this culturally and are maybe just being lazy. I think, though, yeah, uh, the telling stat you had is the people letting their kids go out to trick-or-treat, they know. Yes. They know what yeah. Halloween is. Yep. No better, do better. That, to me, is the telling statistic. I, I agree. Uh, but then also for the 41% of people out there who are planning on giving out candy, just give a little more candy, maybe. Full-size chocolate bars. <laughs> That's it. Costco yes. exists for a reason, aside from buck Think 50 hot dogs. The Early Show, later, with Karis and Jeremy. 
We made it, Karis, to the end. Oh, what? All right, I gotta upload the big three to oh Twitter. Oh my goodness! Yeah, whoo. Sorry, Good I was. Reminder. Yikes! There we go. Good reminder. Yeah, we gotta do that too. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotta upload our big three from today on our social it media was, channels. It was a crazy show today. It, it was. Felt like we were just like next thing, next thing, shoehorning oh, yeah. items together. It was out of control today. Yeah, good way. Yes, it, totally. It was a jam-packed show. So that was fun. Uh, thank you, Amir Ali, uh, for coming on the program and uh, talking a little bit about the article he wrote for the Daily Hive, uh, talking about uh, the Leger poll uh, that says a lot of us aren't handing out candy. Yes, although letting our kids go out but not handing out the candy. That's mm. the worst. Yeah, That's if, you're, if your kids are going out, you better be handing out Come the candy, on. too. Come on. Like maybe Come if you're a single parent, I, you know. Give you a whole pass. True, that's that, true. That's true. Other than that, yeah, still doesn't account for the that swing, that wild. Yes, swing. it is a wild swing. disparity. Yes, uh, let's call it a program and go home. Thank you guys so much for being part of the show. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, comment, five, five star, star rating. Tell your neighbors. Yes, do it all, please. Do those things. And also you can tweet at us at any time at Jeremy underscore Baker or at Karis Hogg, C-H-A-R-I-S-H-O-G-G. We have potato chips that we will give you. I like we always have to spell your name, and I think that's true because, uh, like, how is that living your life? Yeah, with having a name that like people Karis. don't. Like, and saying it, like, it sounds, it's not like your name is super abnormal, but it's not Carly. <laughs> no, that's right. It's not. I'm just so used to it. It really doesn't bother me. And when people read my name and they try and say it for the first time, I 80% or 85% of the time people get it incorrect and I'm just totally used to that. What is the like the incorrectness of it? Cherise. Ah. Top mispronounced shot at my name, C H A R I S and most people pronounce it Cherise. It, it is not. It is charis. It's a hard C-H like character or charisma. It's the same root. It's like a Greek C-H. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm dyslexic, so I'm chairs. Yeah. And I love it when you spelled, when you're like typing my name quickly, it'll spell check to chairs, which I've always, it's formed my heart. And my I whole never life. correct it. I'm just like, no, that's just how like, it is. Yep. Chairs. You're chairs. Chairs hog. <laughs> yep that's uh, me we'll do this again tomorrow you guys thank you for being part of the show bye bye see ya nothing can kill the grimace all right we're done here